Thank you, Lord. Well, welcome to Heritage of Faith. So glad you're with us this evening. And, and it's awesome to have Captain Rex and LaDonna with us. Amen. Woo! Now, they're going to be with us uh, around the, the June 14th, uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And, and uh, doing their presentation. You were part of their, uh, their last two years. They've been with us in August. and have a great presentation for the whole family. And, and looking forward to having them with us in the first part of June. And so, so, so glad you're here tonight. It's such an honor to have you guys here. If I knew you'd here, I'd let you, like, you know, you know, just come on up. Hallelujah. So I, I, I won't try to do my pirate impression tonight. So it's, <laughs> and I was planning on it, too. And it just, no, just kidding. Hallelujah. God's good. Missed you last week, but I heard Joey was awesome. And how many of you were here last week to hear Joey? And Joey, awesome. And love Joey. He's such an awesome man of God. And. And it's good to have Trey here tonight, and last Sunday was, and you were out this week, but um, it was awesome to have you this past Sunday, so man, it's good to have you here. Hallelujah. God is good. Have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 3, and you can also go to Ephesians chapter 3. We're coming to a close, Uh, we've got one more week after this one. Uh, Patty's going to be ministering next Wednesday on Faith for Restoration. And, uh, but tonight I'm going to talk about the best is yet to come. Say with me, the best is yet to come. If you're visiting on Wednesday nights, it's like Bible school. We stay on a topic for a number of weeks. Um, and that also reminds me the next series we'll be starting is called, I don't care. (laughs) So that's the next series that we'll be starting here in in, uh, in a couple weeks. It's called, I don't care. And so looking forward to getting to that one. And um, I just don't care. Hallelujah. God is good. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, it says, And the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you're cursed above all animals and above every wild living thing of the field. Upon your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust and what it contains all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. And he will bruise and tread your head underfoot, and you will lie in wait and bruise his heel. What I hear God saying, because God's the one speaking here, is I hear him saying, the best is yet to come. You see, man was created in a perfect environment, had a perfect atmosphere, was given a perfect relationship with God, was made in a perfect image. But yet because of the enemy, because of Satan, how he subtly, craftily, deceptively came in and destroyed and ruined the image of what God had created. They were already created in the image of God, but yet Satan came in and said to Eve, if, you know, he goes, you know, if you just eat this, then you'll, God doesn't want you to eat it because if you eat it, then you'll be like him. Well, we already know that they were created in his image. They were already like him. So the enemy is always going to try to deceive you out of what's rightfully yours, what you have a right to. So, so when the fall happened, God says, wait a minute, this just happened. And he said, he said, the serpent, I, I put a curse on you and there's one coming that's going to bruise your head, bruise your head and you're going to bruise his heel. So what I hear God saying is I'm not done with what I started. I'm not finished with my man. I'm not finished with my creation. The best is yet to come. Say that with me. The best is yet to come. 
So you need to understand wherever your life might be, what chaos might you be in tonight? What, 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 what destruction may you be in right now? What things are you experiencing that may be devastation? You, you have to understand what happened here was devastation. It was devastation. And not say it didn't take God off guard by any stretch of the imagination, but it was something that was devastated. What God, the structure that God had built, so to speak, was knocked out from underneath of it. And what, what God had planned became into ruins. But God said, the best is yet to come. I'm not done with it. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. There's a scripture in, in Jeremiah when it's talking about it says the wilderness was a waste place. He goes, but I will not make a full end of it. Meaning, meaning right at one point it was a wilderness, but you know what? I'm not done with it. I'm not done with it. And so whatever wilderness you might feel like you're in, whatever devastation you might feel in, I want you to hear God saying the same thing. I'm not done with it yet. I'm not done with it yet. I'm not done with, I'm not done with you. I'm not done with what I'm making you. I'm not done with what I started in you. I'm not finished yet. See, too often in life, we look at where we are as this is all I'll ever be. This is where I'm at. This is where I've been for 20 years and I'll always be this way. No, don't settle for that lie. Don't settle for that lie. Why? Because the best is yet to come. Say that with me. The best is yet to come. You know, I went through some some difficult things in my life, you know, in the last 25 years of serving God. And I've been through some challenging things. Challenging emotionally, challenging in, in different areas of my life. And, and if I didn't understand what I'm about to minister to you tonight, I would not be where I am today. See, the enemy will always want to shake you off of your purpose. The enemy will always want to defeat you from fulfilling your final outcome that God has for you, according to Jeremiah 29, 11. He has plans. He has thoughts about you. So whatever you are right now, you can't look at that as the end and just settle for this. You know, if I just settled for what I was facing and settled for what I was going through, like I said, I would not be here today. I would not be doing what I'm doing today because I had to realize God's going to do something out of my mess. The Bible says he he made beauty for ashes. You know, something is going to happen out of my mess. Something is going to happen. Something's going to be turned around. As long as I hold to this understanding, as long as I hold to this revelation of what I'm about to present to you tonight. And so what I'm, what I'm sharing with you tonight, this is, this is firsthand what, what I, some of the things I walk through. I'm not going to go in great detail with, with those things, but I'm going to talk about the things I had to hold on to to walk through devastating circumstances because even though my life might have been crumbling i still knew in my heart the best is yet to come the best is yet to come you know if if, if we just think about joseph's life for a moment joseph he he had a vision he had visions from god that that there would be those that would bow down before him and he had these this promise from god so to speak that he was going to do something great and, and 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 be some be someone who was amazing be be a somebody in his nation and be somebody in his family but yet through the midst of it he had, he had everything stolen he he had his most prized possession from his father stolen his coat of many colors he 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 was sold into slavery he was he was disgraced by his brothers. He was, 
He was, uh, he was sold into slavery. He was, uh, lied on by, by his, his boss's wife and, and he was put into the prison and, and all these different things happened, but yet he still hold on, held on to these things. He, he gets to the end of his life and, and towards the end of while he's ruling and reigning and his brothers come to him and, and he knows that his brothers, man, they're gonna, they're gonna kill, the, the brothers are like, man, Joseph, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna kill us now. Now that dad's gone, hey, Joseph is gonna have, he's gonna have his way with us because dad's gone. But Joseph makes a statement. He says, fear not, for I'm in the place of God. Fear not, for I'm in the place of God. Meaning, meaning, you know what? With the enemy meant for evil, God is going to reweave it. God's going to remaster it. God's going to re-knit it. And, and, and is going to make something beautiful out of my devastation. Make something beautiful out of my mess. The best is yet to come. Let's, let's look at Ephesians chapter 3 here. Ephesians chapter 3, verse, let's just start in verse 14. Paul says, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. See, one thing I had to realize when, when you go through something difficult is what you need is you need strength. And I'm not talking about physical strength. I'm talking about inner strength. What did Paul pray? I pray that you would be strengthened with all might in your inner man. See, that's where the, that's where the battle is. The, the battle is in the mind and it's in our heart. The, that's what the enemy is out for. The enemy is out to sit on the throne of your thinking and in, 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 in your heart, in your mind. So here, he says, I'm praying for you. So, so Trey, I'm praying for you. That you'd be strengthened with all might in your inner man. I want your inner man to be strong. See, so often we're so worried about our outer man. But what about your inner man? Paul talks to Timothy and he talks about exercise profits little. But what about the hidden man of the heart? We, we are so into to correcting and, and, and with diets and, and exercise and all these different things to strengthen and make better our outside you know, Botox and, and all sorts of things that we can look better, we can be better, we can act better, we can, but the whole thing is, is understanding God is more, more interested in your inner man. Now, you need to exercise, you need to eat right. I'm not saying you don't need to get Botox. I'm just saying, if you get Botox, fine, praise the Lord, that's all, that's all on you. But, 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 the, but I'm just saying is, is be more concerned. Paul's here, I want you to be strengthened in your inner man. Your inner man. That's what is his prayer. It's because the enemy, if he can, if the enemy can deplete your inner man, then he can control your, your every area of your life. He can control every other area of your life. He can, he can get you in your inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breath the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. Here Paul pray, first prays that you'd be strengthened in your inner man. Then he, says, then he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Hallelujah. That you would comprehend. Hallelujah. 
that you be rooted and grounded in love. So that Christ would dwell in your heart by faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love, that you may be to comprehend with all the saints. Comprehend. And I talked about right at the end of the word comprehend. What is, I said the word comprehend means to lay hold of it. It means to grasp. It means to take possession of something until it becomes a part of you. Take possession of it and make it your own. Meaning, so being root comprehended with all the saints, the breadth, the length, the depths, and the heights, and to know the love of Christ. So comprehend, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, to comprehend, to possess this love, to lay hold of this love, to possess this love and make it my own. See, a lot of times we can understand the love that God might have for someone else. But do you comprehend and have you possessed it to where it becomes a part of you to where you've made it your own? You see, this is what I had to build my life. When I was going through devastating things, I had to build my life on this revelation This understanding of this love of God. Best is yet to come is not not something to be mind over matter. Is not just to get you excited about a greater future. But best is yet to come is built and established upon comprehending the fact that God loves me. To lay hold of this love, the lengths, the depths, the heights. I, I'm so great that, grateful when he, when he said here, he, he used breath t, with TH, the length, the, the depths, the heights of it. Meaning, meaning it's something that goes on and on and on. It's not just, it's not a, something you can measure. Meaning it's something that has no limits. But yet he wants us to comprehend it. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Meaning you can't figure this love out in your natural mind. You, it's not about feeling it. It's comprehending it. Too often we wait to we feel loved. But God's love and comprehend has nothing to do with you feeling it. It has everything to do with you comprehending it. And having this understanding that God loves me. Yeah, right now my life might be a mess. But you know what? I've comprehended the love of God. And because I've comprehended the love of God. It's become a part of me. Because I've laid hold of this love as my own. I've laid hold of it. And yes, I might be in a mess right now. But you know, I know my master, my king is a champion. About turning, making masterpieces out of my mess. But I have to, I had to build my life on this understanding that God loves me. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. Verse 9. It says, For the Lord's portion is his people. Think about that for a moment. For the Lord's portion 
is his people. The word portion here means my prize. The thing that I'm most concerned about. The Lord's portion is his people. The most important thing to God is his people. The Lord's portion is his people. And Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. In my Bible, the word lot down here at the bottom, it says a cord. If you look at the word lot there, it means a rope. It means something that you fasten to. So he says, for the Lord's, Lord's portion is his people, and Jacob is the cord of his inheritance. Meaning, meaning Jacob is tied to that inheritance. The next verse says, he found him in a desert land and in waste howling wilderness. He led him about, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. Let me say it like this, because this is how it translates. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the cord, uh, is what connects you to the inheritance. He found them in the wilderness. He surrounded about them. He instructed them and he kept them as the apple of his eye. Wow, the apple of his eye. David's prayer in Psalm 17 verse 8, you need to turn there. It says, David's prayer was, keep me as the apple of his eye and hide me under the shadow of his wings. Zechariah 2 reveals that whoever touches you touches the apple of his eye. So, Heather, when someone touches you, they're touching the apple of God's eye. When the enemy touches you, the enemy's touching the apple of God's eye. And it says when they were in the wilderness. See, when you're in the wilderness. See, it was, it was never God's desire for them to spend 40 years in the wilderness it was it was an 11 day journey but yet took 40 years and so in in the natural so to speak you could sense have this sense of this wilderness and i'm going to be here the rest of my life nothing's ever going to change but here he says he found them in a desert land where are you at in your life right now What's going on in your life right now? Well, according to this, it says he surrounds about you. He keeps you as the apple of his eye. What, what does that mean? This is a, it's an idiom. But what does this mean? Because in, their, in, in the time that this is written, they didn't understand necessarily the physical body. And they didn't understand. And so when they looked at the eye in the very center of the eye, the most closest thing, they they thought it was a sphere, meaning it was like a marble inside. It wasn't just, we know that it's just something that's like this, but they looked at that center part of your eye as like a sphere. And the only thing that they had closest they could understand as a sphere was an apple. And so this understanding of you're the apple of my eye. Now, this word apple in the Hebrew means the little man in the eye. Look it up. The, the Hebrew word in the Strong's is number 380. And if you look it up, it means the little man in the eye. So when he says, I'm the apple of the eye, he, God says, he's the little man in my eye. Meaning, what is it? he's the one I'm focusing on. He's the one I'm giving my attention to. He's the one I'm intent about. You're the apple. Of his eye. This has everything to do with comprehending the love of God. 
And it's not about feeling it. It's comprehending it. Wow. I'm the apple of his eye. With my mistakes, I'm the apple of the... With my failures, I'm the apple of his eye. And the enemy touches them. You're touching the apple of his eye. Whatever you're facing in your life right now, you, you need to grasp and comprehend and lay hold of the fact that I'm the apple of his eye. I'm the one that he looks intently at. I'm his portion. I'm his portion. I'm the apple of his eye. If we could really grasp this, What would hinder? No, nothing could hinder restoration in your life. I had to grasp this fact that I'm his. And I found in the scriptures in John 17 and Jesus' prayer in John 17, 23, that Jesus prayed this. That the same love that the Father would have for me, that he would have for us. So that means... A lot of people have a hard time understanding this and receiving this, that God loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. Amen. See, some people have a hard time. Jeez, that was Jesus' prayer. That wasn't our prayer. That wasn't the disciples' prayer. That wasn't Paul's prayer. That was Jesus' prayer. And he said that the same love that you have for me, I pray that you would have for them. He loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. Why? Because I'm the apple of his eye. If I'm the apple of his eye, why not restoration? If I'm the apple of his eye, why not, why not healing? If I'm the apple of his eye, why not uh, the, 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 the better job? If I'm the apple of his eye, why not provision? If I'm the apple of his eye, why not why not a, 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 the relationship and the marriage that God has designed and the marriage that God desires? If I'm the apple of his eye, if I, he loves me just as much as he loves Jesus, why not complete restoration? Why not? Psalms 145, it says the Lord is full of compassion. And he's good to all. He didn't say some, he's good to all. We're the apple of his eye. We're the apple of his eye. You got to see that in, in Psalms 34, and there's several places throughout scripture, but Psalms 34, I believe it's 15 or 17. He says that his eye, his eyes are over the righteous. And his ear is open unto their cry. His eyes. The word eyes there in the, in the, in the Hebrew, it's, it's, it's two ways of looking at it. It's the way that he, you would look at someone physically. But it's also the way that you would think about someone. Eyes being plored. Not only does he, his eyes are on you, Patty. But his thoughts are on you, Justin. When it says his eyes are over the righteous. He's saying, I see you. But also think about you. Comprehend this love. When you can comprehend this, you can step back and say, 
The best is yet to come. Yeah, yeah, right now I might be hurting, but the best is yet to come. Right now I might have this doctor's report, but you know what? The best is yet to come. Right now I'm battling this, but you know what? The best is yet to come. You need to comprehend this so you can start seeing, so you can start believing the best is yet to come. I I remember (laughs) walking out restoration and I remember battling my own thoughts and my own feelings and and dealing with things and I, I would sit there and I would just think about the love of God. I would just I, I would just roll scriptures over in my heart. Anytime I felt discouraged, I would allow these scriptures to roll over my heart. And, and as those scriptures would flood my heart and I was comprehending this love, I'd be like, yeah, that's mine. I wrote some of, the, some of these things down. Hallelujah. Comprehend the fact that he's no respecter of persons. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. He's no respecter of persons. Yeah, let me, let, me go, let me take a step back for a moment. You and I are the biggest limitations in our life. I have been the biggest problem in my life. <laughs> I like to blame the enemy for everything, but I've had a lot to do with situations in my life. I like to blame everything on the devil. But there's a lot of choices I've made. In restoration. Remember the the scripture I I used there in Hebrews where it said that they were in the wilderness. They were in the wilderness. He saw them. He found them in the wilderness. But it was this revelation that different ones had about God that determined whether they stepped into the promised land or not. Whether restoration happened. See, Egypt represents devastation. The promised land represents restoration. You know, in, in Psalms 103, verse 7 maybe, it says that Moses knew God's ways. But the children of Israel knew the acts. See, there's a difference. See, ways has everything to do with comprehending character. Comprehending the character of someone. See, you know Isabel's ways more than I know Isabel's ways, right? Because you comprehend her. And so you know more about Isabel than anyone else in here except Jesus. Right? So it's the same thing. Understanding Moses knew God's ways. He knew his character. He knew he comprehended something about God that the rest of the children of Israel didn't comprehend. He grasped something. He laid hold of something that the children of Israel didn't lay hold of. They just saw the results. But Moses knew the the ways. Moses knew, he comprehended the love of God. The children of Israel just saw maybe the results of what love can do. 
In Psalm 78, verse 41, it says that, it said time and again, time and again, again and again, it said the children of Israel, it said they turned back and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Wait a minute, I, this, this, that scripture always baffled me, so to speak, because, because my thought is, how can you limit a God that has no limits? But yet it said time and again, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Wow. So could I limit him? Could, could I? Maybe if, if the children of Israel limited him, maybe, maybe I can limit him. But there was a difference in Moses and the children of Israel. One knew the ways. The other one just knew the acts. See, it's what you comprehend about God in the midst of your devastation that determines if you walk in restoration. I know some people that have gone through through minor things, but it's still a big deal, but yet have stayed there 20 years. When maybe it was just an 11-day journey. See, sometimes religion likes to preach more about the wilderness than preach about the promised land. Because some people will like their badge of courage in the wilderness. Well, I'm in the wilderness right now, brother. Well, well let's, let's get out of the wilderness. Well, may, maybe you are limiting God and you're, and you're causing him to not be able to take you out of the wilderness. It's time to get out of the wilderness. Why? Because God said he found them in the wilderness. It said he surrounded about them. He kept them and he was the apple of their eye. But that yet at the same time, even though they were the apple of his eye, they were still limiting him. I'm the only one that can limit me from total restoration in my life. Are you limiting him in your restoration? But it's, everything's built upon comprehending this love. Comprehending the ways of God. Comprehending the heart of God. You know, this even happened in, in Jesus' ministry. In Mark chapter 6, everywhere Jesus is going, he's seeing miracles. Everywhere he is going, there's, there's demons being cast out. There's people being delivered. There's things going on, Justin. There's, there's amazing things happen. And people know about what's going on. But yet, he goes home. To Capernaum. And all of a sudden, it says he couldn't do any mighty works there. How can you limit a God who has no limitations? It said they they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited Jesus because it says, one translation says they were offended in him. One translation talks about because of their unbelief. And really, we understand their unbelief came from the standpoint is they just realized that he was Mary's boy. He was the carpenter's son. It said he showed up in his, in his own town where Judas, Joseph, and, uh, and James and his sisters were. So Jesus had, he had a huge family. He had sisters. And they all showed up and, and it said they, he could do no mighty work there except lay hands on a few people. 
He could do no mighty work there because they were offended in him. They limited God moving in their city because they couldn't comprehend enough that God loves us enough to send the Messiah to Capernaum to do a great and mighty work. I had to realize that God was going to show up in my house, was going to speak to me, reveal to me, walk me through, give me wisdom, give me revelation, heal my heart, and restore my life. You got to believe he's going to show up in your life. He's going to show up. You need to. He found them in the wilderness. He 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 was he he through Jesus was showing up in in his hometown, ready to to do amazing things. But yet he couldn't do anything. He's just looking for someone that will comprehend the fact that God wants to do something in you. God wants to restore you. This had to, I had to build my life on this. Day after day, some moments, minute by minute, hour by hour. God, I'm going to get through this because I know you love me and the best is yet to come. I know, I, I know Annette and I, walking through certain things, dealing with family. You know, I, I just, walking through things, and I, we just look at each other and says, says we're going to walk through this. We're going to walk through the wild. You know, God loves us. Another, another definition for the apple of his eye or the idiom, actually, in the old English in, in, in the ninth century, the, the word, the apple of the eye means, means a cherished favorite. We're, you know, Annette, we're, we're going to walk through this. We're going to get through this. This storm, you know, we're going to walk through this. God's going to restore this. God's going to God's going to come through here. You know what? Don't you know what? We're not we're not going to we're not going to take a second thought at because, you know, we know God loves us. We know we know the best is yet to come. We know the enemy's trying to destroy this situation in our lives. But you know what? God's going to he God's going to come through in this situation. Amen. Comprehend. Grasp, lay hold, take possession as something as your own. Uh, let's look at Ephesians three again. So many scriptures tonight, and I'm not gonna go to all of them. But hallelujah! Ephesians three. You need to meditate on this scripture. Just, just allow this scripture just to wash over you, that He would grant you according verse sixteen the riches of His glory. And what are the riches of His glory look like? And He's going to give me the riches of His glory. Do you, think, do you think your restoration maybe could be found somewhere in the riches of his glory? That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith? See, when you, when you comprehend the love of God, that's what establishes your faith. I, I, so many people try to have... You know, I remember having a Bible instructor years back, and they said, he said, you don't need more faith. What you need to understand is you need a greater revelation of God's love. Yeah. 
See, it's people look at faith sometimes as an object. And if I just had more faith, if I just more had more faith, if I just had more faith, if I just had more faith, if I just had more faith, and it's always trying to get an object instead of understanding if I comprehend the faith is automatic. See, when I comprehend the love of God, faith is no longer an issue. See, your faith is established upon that love. And who he says, comprehend the love, the lengths, the depth, the, the lengths, the depths, the heights of it. And to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. What does that look like? What would it look like to be filled with all the fullness of God? So through comprehending this love, we can be filled with all the fullness of God. Man, what could we deposit into someone else's life if we were filled with all the fullness of God? All the fullness of God. All the fullness of God. So comprehending this love, as I grasp and lay hold of it, it's what fills me with all the fullness of God. I'm I'm trying to get out of me what's trying to get in you what's in me and and sometimes it's hard to do it in English and and it's just like I think some of you are asleep tonight (laughs) I mean could you what does what is the fullness of God think about that The, the fullness of God the completeness of God not lacking anything the fullness of God. I would be filled with the fullness of God if I could truly comprehend this love. Man, that's where man, signs and wonders are released. When you, the fullness of God. What would what would worship be like if we're all releasing the fullness of God on a Sunday morning? What it would, what it would it be like when you're witnessing to your neighbor, when you're filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. Man, filled with the fullness of God. See, when I comprehend this, I'm filled. Comprehended this love, I'm filled with the fullness of God. When I comprehend his love, I understand he's no respecter of persons. If he did it for Dr. Savell, he'll do it for me. If he did it for Trey, he's going to do it for me. If he did it for Cassie, he's going to do it for me. If he did it for Stuart, he's going to do it for me. If he did it for the Sanders, he's going to do it for me. And it's not, man, well, God sure does good things in their life. I wish God would do something for me. No, when you comprehend the love of God, you understand because I'm the apple of his his eye and because Heather's the apple of his eye, he's no respecter of persons. I'm a cherished favorite and she's a cherished favorite. Why wouldn't he restore? Why wouldn't the best be yet to come? See, comprehend the love of God. You understand that he's mindful of you. Psalms 115, it says he's mindful of us and he will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those that both worship and fear him, both small and great. And then it says he will increase them more and more, them and their children. 
So when I comprehend the love of God, now he's mindful of me. See, when you're going through something difficult, sit back. He's thinking about me right now. He's thinking, of, he's thinking of ways to bless me right now. He's thinking of ways to get it to me right now. He's thinking of ways. He sees the other side of my devastation. He sees me on the other side of this right now. He's mindful of me. You know, and he's going to increase me more and more, me and my children. So when you truly comprehend the love of God, then you understand his ways and you understand his character. So, so the best is yet to come. It's easy. When you comprehend his love, you know he's mindful of you. He's the, 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 that he's going to bless you. He's going to increase you. I understand Deuteronomy 28. It says the blessings will come on me and overtake me. Overtake me. Yeah, the curse may have overtaken me in this aspect of my life. But you look out, honey, because the blessings about to overtake me. The curse might have come into my life and caused the devastation, but look out, the blessing is about to overtake me. Yeah. Only a couple of you excited about that, right? <laughs> but this is all is birthed out of comprehending the love of God. When you comprehend his love, you realize he'll never leave you. He won't forsake you. First John 3, 1 and 2 says, Behold, what manner the love the Father has bestowed upon us that he would call us sons of God. And when you understand that you're a son of God. Yes. I, I, too, too often, we, yes, there is an aspect that we, we are servants of God, that we are ambassadors of Christ. But you also understand you're a son of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God that serves too often we just look at ourselves as just servants. But we're sons of God that serve. Amen. And when you understand that, then you understand a scripture like in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, where it says, in Christ, through Christ, he always causes me to triumph. So when I comprehend the love of God, victory is always a possibility. Victory is always a possibility. Victory right now. Right now kind of victories. Right now kind of breakthroughs. Right now manifestation. Right now. When you understand the love of God, right, victory can come right now. Victory can happen in a moment. Manifestation can happen in a moment. Too often we look, okay, well, someday in the future, restoration is going to happen. What about right now? What about right now? What about right now things? What about right now things change? What about right now things moving for on your back? What about right now manifestation? Yeah, it might not happen right right now, but you know, I'm one day closer. I'm one day. You know, tomorrow one, I'm one day. I'm another second closer. I'm another minute closer. Victory right now. Victory right now. When you comprehend the love of God. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Devastation may have been a thing in your past, but comprehend that victory is now. Restoration is now. Don't put off restoration till tomorrow. Restoration right now. Right now. Hallelujah. When I comprehend the love of God, I understand Philippians 1.6. He that began a good work. He that began a good work will complete it. 
The enemy may have made a small setback, but realize that God is a finisher. The enemy may have, may have, may have disrupted my, my life, but realize God's the one that finishes my life. He's finishing. He's working right now. He's working on my behalf right now. He is working on my behalf right now. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Make this season a season of increase in your life and realize the best is yet to come. I think of, think of Mary when Jesus spoke to Mary and, she said, and he said this. He goes, Mary, didn't I tell you if you believe, you would see the glory of God. And that's what I want to close with, that, that statement. Mary, if you believed, didn't I tell you, if you believed, didn't I tell you you'd see the glory of God? Didn't I tell you the best is yet to come? Didn't I tell you, if you just believed, you would see the glory of God? And I want to encourage you tonight. Believe. And you'll see the glory of God. Believe and you'll see the best is yet to come. Believe and you'll see that restoration will take place in your life. What is belief built upon? Comprehending the love. The lengths, the depths, and the heights of that love. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And we allow it to shape us, mold us, change us. Father, I thank you for restoration in every person's life here. Every one of us, in some way or another, are believing for restoration. Every one of us. There's no one exempt from that in this place. There's no one exempt from that watching by way of internet. It could be something major. It could be something minor. It could have to do with your own mistakes. It could have to do with something the enemy's stolen from you. It may have to do with, uh, with marriage. It may have to do with finances. It may have to do with your purpose, your calling. But whatever it is, all of us, it may have to do with your children. Whatever it is, all of us, in some capacity, we're believing there's restoration that we're walking out. What what do you need restoration in your life tonight? What is that thing that you're believing will be restored? What is that thing that you look at and you say, the best is yet to come? Hallelujah. Just start, start thinking about the love of God. Start thinking about how much God loves you. Don't look at the problem. Don't look at the devastation. Look at the love of God. Looking at the problem never fixes the problem. Look at the provision. Look at the problem solver. Because he is love. He doesn't have, have love. He is love. 
like if I had a glass, if I had this glass up here and I took a hammer and busted it, even though it's broken, it's still, it's still glass. It's the same thing with, it's, it's the same with, say with God. He is love. And you can break him down into so many different pieces, whether it's healing, whether it's restore, whether it's provider, whether it's righteousness, whatever it might be, it still comes down to the fact that he's still love. Meditate on the love of God. And that, those things that you're believing for restoration. Just think you're the apple of his eye. Say this, repeat this after me. Father God, thank you for your love for me. Help me to comprehend, lay hold of, and grasp this love as my own. Thank you, Father, Thank you, Father. That, I am that I am the apple of your eye. Thank you that the best is yet to come in this situation. I see this situation. It's turning around. It's turning around today. It's turning around right now. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for it. Thank you for it, Father. I declare restore, 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 restore over every person in this place. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mac and Melissa, can you come up here for a minute? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Hmm. Stretch your hands towards them. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Place your hand on his chest. Oh, Father. Hmm. Restore. Restore, restore, restore. Mm. The best is yet to come. In your life, in your family, your finances. In Jesus' name. Mm. Restore, restore, restore. Mm. Thank you, Father. Restore. Look at your neighbor and say, the best is yet to come in your life. Look at your other side and say, the best is yet to come in your life. Amen. You see this word tonight? Hallelujah.